Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And a good afternoon. I hope everybody is doing well. I am grateful that you are with us. I am back in California and uh, am doing well. It's great to be back here on the West Coast. I hope that you are all doing well. We've got three games in the NBA tonight. We got the games last night. We get you ready for the weekend. We wrap up the week. And it's always great to have you here. So thank you very much for joining me on Listen Up. How about the Minnesota Timberwolves last night going home, right? Series tied at a game apiece. The joint is jumping. Biggest game in ages for the Timberwolves. They are up by 26 points, only to lose to Memphis. And Carl Anthony Towns, their star center, takes four shots. How does that happen? He takes four shots. And after the game, he's asked about it. And what a, just a awful response. Next question. And then he says, I'm going to go home and drink some wine. Can you believe that? Seriously. Can you believe Carl Anthony Towns? What the hell is he doing out there? Seriously. What on earth is Towns doing? First game, he had a big game when Minnesota won. Second game, he was pretty much invisible again. And then last night, when they absolutely needed him, he looked like he wasn't even on the floor. Eight points and five rebounds in 33 minutes. Took four shots. He took four shots. Explain that to me. And then his just wise-ass remark. Next question. Grow up. Really. Not only was Memphis down by 26, they won by nine. How about this? Minnesota scores 12 points in the fourth quarter. 12 points in the fourth quarter. All right, you know the routine. You want to get in on the program? You hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and I will put you right on. Let's get this show started on this Friday, getting you ready for the weekend. And again, all you need to do is hit that hand icon. When I put you up on stage, you hit your microphone icon. And then you will be on with me. Brian, all you got to do is hit that microphone symbol and you and I will be able to speak. All right. It is that easy to do. I'll tell you what, Brian, I'm going to put you back in the audience, let you look at the device and let you figure it out. Then raise your hand, Brian, and I'll put you right back on. While we wait for him, we are going to get to some more phone calls as we got people willing to talk here on a Friday and we say hi to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. 
Grant, welcome back to the uh, to the Northern California. If you're here, yep, so, I am here. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Yeah, we had thunderstorms and snow yep. in Tahoe. My parents were in Tahoe yesterday, and they drove home today back to Natoma. They live in Natomas by Arco over there. Uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, last night's game, I um, I had FanDuel on that game. Uh, where you just pick players, you know, fantasy. And, oh, my God. It it's goes to the example. What we talk But what game about. are you talking about? There's th there were three games. Which game are you referring to? The Minnesota. Memphis oh, okay. Game. Okay. Okay. It just goes back to what we had discussed. How big is a lead that you put some, your foot down on somebody and don't, yep. I mean, keep pouring it on. And yep. remember we talked about how Sacramento came back on, Chicago in the third quarter. Yeah, 35 points. Yeah. I mean, so it was basically almost the same thing. It was a 35 point turnaround. And, uh, yeah, Towns, Towns folded like a cheap tent. And all he wanted to do is that's go unbelievable. Drink. He wanted to go drink I mean, wine. I seen his. How, how about that? Next question. Drink. Can you mention that? Here's a, the, front, the face of the franchise uh, saying, next question. Grow up and answer the question, would you please? I wonder what Kevin Garnett thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I know what Kevin Garnett thought of that. Yeah, yeah, he's an old Timberwolf of Minnesota. Uh, it was ridiculous. I mean, uh, good for Memphis, but you know, hanging in there and coming back. I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't hit the the rim in the first, you know, uh, quarter well, and stuff. No. And then you know, and then next, Morant couldn't do anything, and you know, they just couldn't do anything. Hey, it's a forty-eight minute game. It's not a twenty-minute game. It's not a twenty-five minute game. Thirty. It's a forty-eight minute game. And last night, uh, Memphis and Minnesota proved that. I'll tell you what's interesting. You have two games tonight. Milwaukee is at Chicago. No Chris Middleton for the rest of the series. Phoenix right. is at New Orleans. No Devin Booker for at least games three and four and probably more. We're going to find out real quickly how that impacts these two series. We're going to Because both those teams are in action tonight. It's going to be very interesting. I guess Cam Johnson is going to start for yep. Booker. And he's a pretty good player, but he's not a – Booker, but uh, he's he's pretty good. And then how about the Warriors? Uh, I mean, those the, uh, Nuggets just can't seem to love them. Hold on to uh, no. anything. Well, the Warriors are a better team. They're a better team, and uh, I love the way they're playing. Draymond Green is just unbelievable what he does defensively. But you know what, Jeff? I would not want to play the Warriors in the playoffs right now. They're starting to get better and better. They're feeling that confidence, and they're going to be a tough team to beat. Yeah, but I was listening to Shaq and. Uh, and uh, Charles, Charles and about, Kenny, yep, yeah, about that. And they say they might be in trouble when they, I mean, they too, they're small underneath. And you know, if Draymond's you know, guarding somebody like he's guarding him, you know, or whatever, but uh, uh, they don't have a big man down there, and that's where they might run into some trouble if they run up against Embiid or Giannis in the finals. No, they might, but you know what? I can tell you that no one's going to – and thanks for the call, Jeff, and I hope you have a great weekend, buddy. No one's going to want to play the Warriors either. Keep that in mind, all right? No one's licking their chops to play Golden State in the playoffs. I can promise you that. All right, let's get to Brian. Brian, thanks for uh, trying the second time. We have you on on Listen App. How are you doing today? Brian, go ahead, buddy. Brian? I don't know why I can't hear you. Your green light is on. Now it's off. Put it back on. Let's try this one more time, Brian. All right. There you go. Brian, you there? 
All right, Brian, I appreciate you. We're going to put you back in audience and see if you can do it again. You know, again, you know, as far as what Shaq and Charles, I didn't watch the uh, show on TNT. I wouldn't want to play Golden State. They're only going to get better as long as they stay healthy with the way Poole's playing and Curry and Thompson and Draymond Green. Uh, you want to play that team? I don't want to play that team. I, I wouldn't want to play them. I would not want to play them at all. All right, let's try Brian one more time. Brian, here's the third time, buddy. I think it's going to work. Go ahead. I was wrong. Third time is not the charm. Who came up with that phrase? Third time's the charm. Do you, do you know where that originated? I, I don't know. I thought the third time would be the charm for Brian. Brian, you there? All right. I don't know what's the deal, Brian. Uh, again, you know, you talk about Golden State. I, who's going to want to play them if they're, if they're rolling? With that championship pedigree, with all that experience, I mean, would you want to play them? I wouldn't. That's for sure. I would not. I'd rather play Phoenix than Golden State. I've got to tell you that. And I'm t I said this before the playoffs started, and I'm going to say it again. Do not discount Memphis. Don't discount Memphis. All right? Do not just – I'm not saying they're going to the finals. I'm just saying do not discount them. All right? Last night, Dallas, no Luka, no problem. Right? No problem. They are able to go and win on the road against the Jazz. The Jazz look dysfunctional. Well, I don't want to say dysfunctional. They just do not look at all like the same team. They just don't. They don't look like the same team. You got to wonder what's going on with them and how are we going to see big-time changes I think we are if they end up losing to Dallas. I mean, losing to Dallas is not a disgrace, but losing without Luka Doncic, I mean, that's bad. I mean, really? you, you if, it, Of all the teams in the playoffs, you could not have had the door, the table set up any better than the Jazz. And they give up 126 on their home floor. They lose 126 to 118. By the way, if you did not hear my podcast today, I talked about DeMarcus Cousins, I talked about two stories that were written this week, one by Mark Spears of Anscape and the other by Joe Davidson of the Sacramento Bee. And I read Joe Davidson's story and I read excerpts from Mark Spears. And the reason why was I didn't read all the entire Mark Spears story is because it was a, a lot of it was question and answer. And a lot of it really was not relevant uh, to what I was discussing. But if you missed my podcast today, check it out. I thought Joe Davidson's story that was published this week in the B was absolutely spot on. Absolutely spot on. I thought Joe did a great job. I pointed that out. I thought he was very fair. I thought Joe talked about the good and the bad. and. I wanted to spend some time because I've been receiving a lot of messages via social media this week. All right. And I wanted to, I want to cover it. You know, I didn't want to avoid it. So I didn't. And I'm just wondering if you listen to my podcast today, what do you think? What did you think about the podcast? Let me know. All right. And if you didn't uh, check it out. Again, I thought his story was 
absolutely spot on. I, I thought it was great. And Joe basically was, he wrote the story based on Mark Spears' story. Love it. Absolutely love it. It was great stuff. Really good stuff. So if you want to comment on that, all you got to do is raise your hand, hit your hand icon, uh, and we can discuss it. All right? Let me know. Let me know. Um, I'm wondering, as we get into the playoffs now, are you watching baseball? Did you see – I know I've talked about this. The, the A's – home games this week have been embarrassing. So I'm not really using them as a barometer. All right. But are you watching baseball yet? And what do you think of the four outfielders that we're seeing a lot of and the way the game is played? And we always talk about the starting pitching, not going in a lot of times past four and, and the, the most five innings. You know, we saw Clayton Kershaw with a perfect game after 80 pitches being pulled after the seventh, right? So I'm wondering this, why, or not why, what do you think the future of Major League Baseball is? What do you think? What do you think? I believe baseball is in trouble. I, I think they're still in trouble. I know they're trying to do some changes, but I mean, I, I, I try to watch. I've tried to watch some games. I couldn't even watch the Yankees and the Red Sox. I mean, that's the first time in my life I could say that. I tried watching the Yankees and the Red Sox for a couple innings uh, when they opened up the season in New York. I mean, the Yankees, Red Sox, best rivalry in baseball, one of the best rivalries in all the sport. I couldn't do it. The game was so bad. It was so boring, so awful. Just could not do it. I really couldn't. You know, I'm waiting for the hockey playoffs to start. I, I can't wait. I think they're the best playoffs of them all. Uh, I think I'm like everyone else. I miss football season. But I, I just can't get into baseball. I've tried to watch since the season began. I can't do it. I, I just can't do it. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. It's just awful. I, the quality of play is terrible. When I mean the quality, I mean the way the game is being played. Not necessarily the quality. I mean, they're still very, very talented players, although the game is played differently. I hate the way the game's played. I can't watch the games. Maybe I'll change my mind as we get towards the playoffs, but I'm not making an appointment TV to watch Major League Baseball. I can promise you that. What are you, what are you up to these days? You watching baseball? You watching basketball? What about the USFL? Have you checked that out yet? That's something, again, I have. Absolutely zero interest in. I'll tell you what was really good, and I'll get him on the podcast again. Jason Hare, who directed The Last Dance and also directed the Down in the Valley 30 for 30 that was unfortunately never released by ESPN, uh, just did the 30 for 30 on Greg Norman. And I did watch that, and I thought it was great. I'll always watch anything that Jason Hare does. It's the only reason why I did watch it, actually, is because I know that Jason uh, directed it, and he's fabulous. I'm going to get him on the podcast. He was on. Oh, gosh, um, a little less than a year ago, I think, Jason Hare was on. Maybe last spring. I'd have to go back and double-check. Uh, talking about the last dance, which 
he did a phenomenal job on the last dance what a great great 10-part documentary that was incredible you know i gotta i don't know if i told you this but i went out to lunch with jason about a year and a half before that aired and we were sitting at a lunch down in the village in lower manhattan we were having a new york pizza that was just so phenomenal and he had his tablet with him and he goes let me show you this and he showed me a couple of minutes from one of the scenes from the last dance and then he showed me what was going to be the trailer and i couldn't believe it i'm sitting there this is an, a year and a half okay before it was released before it was shown and he showed me some excerpts from his 10-part documentary at lunch that day and i couldn't believe it i was just like oh my god i was just like this is going to be off the freaking charts uh and it was he did a great job i thought the greg norman 30 for 30 was fabulous it was great just great i'll tell you jason Hare, he's got some mind boy it's such a shame that you weren't you were not able to see down in the valley some did but the vast vast majority didn't because that was an incredible documentary on this community in sacramento for those of you that are listening in the greater sacramento area but it was about everyone and their influence of keeping the teams in, in in sacramento it was great i mean it was absolutely phenomenal and it's such a shame that the rest of the country and really the diehard sacramento fans or any fans of sacramento uh did not get a chance to see that so we could talk about that again if you listen to my podcast today uh if you read the story that either Mark Spears or Joe Davidson wrote. I, the, the problem I have with Mark Spears, he's not objective when he writes about DeMarcus. It's always kissing his ass. That's all he's ever done. He will not do any tough questions with anyone as it relates to DeMarcus Cousins. I actually think he's on his payroll. I, and I mean that. I think Mark Spears is on DeMarcus's payroll. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, but I thought Joe Davidson was fair. Uh, he pointed out, the good qualities in DeMarcus, and he pointed out all the bad things. And again, I thought he was absolutely spot on with his story this week in the Sacramento Bee. So good job by Joe Davidson. Good job. All right, Lewis is with us. Hello, Lewis. You're on with Grant. How are you today? Oh, Lewis, I know you're there. Lewis, let's try it again. All right, really frustrating. Not able to get the calls on. I know we had Jeff on and he sounded great. Lewis, you want to try it again? All right, Lewis, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you back in audience and we will try it again. All right, now we're going to get to Eli on this Friday. Eli, you're on with Grant. How are you, sir? Hey, Grant. Good. You can hear me, right? I can always hear you, man. You're you're like spot on. You actually sound like you're sitting right next to me. Not only can I hear you, you sound <laughs> like you're sitting next to me. What can I do for you, Eli? <laughs> well, maybe I will be sitting next to you if you do your uh, in-person uh, event here sometime in Sacramento. Yes, huh? I would love that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I was going to follow up on that DeMarcus Cousins thing. So um, maybe they talked about this in the article a little bit. I can't recall, but did, did DeMarcus Cousins, does DeMarcus Cousins have a much better relationship with Michael Malone? I guess it's safe to assume that than any of the other coaches he played for, right? 
I would say so, but I also think it's very fair to point out that DeMarcus Cousins has been available and a free agent for many of the past several seasons, and Michael Malone never campaigned to get him, all right, until this year when they absolutely needed a player and they went out and got him. This is the same Michael Malone who I love and have a lot of respect for, but the last four years, you didn't see Michael Malone going after DeMarcus Cousins, did you? No, um, but I also didn't necessarily hear any of the blow-ups that he had with Michael Malone like he did with George Carl or with others, right? So oh, he had some blow-ups. Uh, oh, Michael, Malone's, Michael Malone's father left the team because of DeMarcus. Brendan oh. Malone was an assistant coach Michael's first year and left before the beginning of the season and left because of DeMarcus and told Michael, you're never going to win with this guy. And Brendan Malone left the team. He was supposed to be uh, the assistant that year, one of the assistants, and left. Brendan Malone left the Kings because of DeMarcus Cousins and told Michael that you're not going to ever win with this guy. Huh. Wow. I never knew that. Okay. Well, um, I guess maybe he tolerates him at least, you know, to some extent, or I I don't know. It it seems that at least they're coexisting just fine. Well, I'll make a, I'll make a prediction. I will make a prediction that he will not be on the Denver Nuggets next year. We'll find out if that happens or not, but I'm going to make the prediction on April 22nd that he will not be on the Denver Nuggets next year. <laughs> You've been right about that prediction a few times. Well, I haven't been wrong yet, but there's always a chance. There's always the first time. But uh, as of you know now, I've never been wrong on any of my predictions about DeMarcus Cousins. I could still be wrong, but I haven't yet. But what can I? What else you want to talk about? Well, that's mostly all I had, I guess. Okay. Uh, yet, are you, you Let me ask you. Did you read? Did you read both Mark Spears and Joe Davidson's story by chance? Um, I read the, the one that you liked. I didn't read the, the kiss ass one. Well, you should just for it's Mark Spears. You can Google it. Uh, it's interesting. I just, the reason why I say that I always try to be objective. I always try to point out both sides of the coin. Uh, but with DeMarcus, there is two sides of the coin, but unfortunately the one side of the coin is a lot worse in my opinion than the good side of the coin. That's the way I would phrase it. You know, one, one side of the coin is is worse than the other side. In other words, the the bad outweighs the good with him, in, in my opinion. Because here's what we have to remember: he's paid to play basketball. He's not paid to be Santa Claus over the holidays. He's paid to be uh, an NBA player. And while his charitable efforts are very good to see, and you should be complimented on doing that, that's not what he's paid for. He's a professional basketball player and he's paid to play basketball and to help teams win and unfortunately for him he's not capable of doing that yeah and it doesn't seem like that side is getting any better either over the last you know however long he's been in the nba since his first yeah he'll point to injuries and then part of that's true i mean he did have some very bad injuries i just mean his attitude attitude. well look at this playoff series he got kicked out of game one game two he gets into it will will barton I mean, that hasn't changed at all in his career, has it? No. I mean, I, I haven't watched his games, really, but the things I read about and hear about and, you know, the ejections, it just seems kind of like the same old story. So pretty crazy you'd think it'd grow up after 10 years, but <laughs> maybe not. Well, he's he's 31 years old, right? Yeah. 31 years old, and he's still getting technicals and still getting ejected and then looks at the officials, as Joe Davidson pointed out, spot on, as like, what? What did I do? He never, ever takes responsibility or rarely takes responsibility for his actions on the court. It's unbelievable. It just is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, he's not playing that much. He's only playing a couple of minutes a game, 
but yet he still managed to get ejected from game one. And then in game two gets into a verbal spout with one of his teammates. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And you know, the thing that bothers me too is that he seen, he's, been, he's been getting really good opportunities. Like, wasn't he just in the NBA finals recently? He keeps getting yeah, signed. Yeah, with Golden all, State. Yeah, so he keeps getting signed with these really good teams, like championship contenders in some cases, or at least playoff teams. You know, a lot of players would love to have that opportunity. He's getting all these opportunities and still manages to blow it every time. It's like... Well, here's know. the other thing. He, went, he was with the Warriors, who went to the finals, okay? And they mm-hmm. lost to Toronto. That was the that was the finals where Kevin Durant, you know, tore his Achilles. Okay, mm-hmm. so one year, did you see Steve Kerr campaigning to have Demarcus Cousins back on the team the next year? No, they didn't even talk to Demarcus. They they knew they knew before the season was over that he was not going to be on the team the following year. They had enough of him. Steve Kerr did not want to coach him. All right, yep. I, I have an I have a incredible source on this. OK, not just this is not hearsay. This isn't just me, you know, flapping my jaws. I have an incredible source. Steve Kerr was fed up with DeMarcus and did not want to coach him anymore. <laughs> was there ever a coach that did not feel that way? Well, Michael Malone, maybe. Yeah, that's I guess that's what I was getting at. He's at least tolerating him to some small extent. So we'll see. But yeah, he will probably won't be on the team, like you said, next year. If he is, he is. But I, I would I would bet against it. And um, again, he I don't know if I mean, he's running out of time to stop being a, uh, a malcontent on the floor. I mean, it's the same thing year after year after year. The technical fouls, the ejections, getting into it with teammates, getting into it with coaches. It just it's just he could have been so much better. He could have been truly he could have been one of the great players in the NBA with, you know, championships with you know first team all pro every year like what i mean first team all nba every year he could have been like the 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 joel Embiid that is now i mean he could have been that guy or he could have been a dedicumba even though they play different positions he could have been one of the game's best players okay because he has that talent skill but he was and continues to be his own worst enemy yeah, four-time All-Star, and you know, you look at his individual stats, even when he was with Sacramento, and if you didn't know anything else, you would think, huh, this guy, you know, this is a guy I'd want on my team. But then, obviously, you know, when you see the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, then that unfortunately overrides any of the good stuff he puts on the court. So, and as Jerry Reynolds said, every team's got a leading score, and uh, right. So, <laughs> you know, and again, I listen. I I admit the guy's unbelievably talented. I watched him play every single game. Uh, that he ever played in Sacramento. I know his talent. I watched him play. I'm not going to deny his talent, but you know, there's a lot more to being good than talent. And you know, like he was talking about, you know, Vladi Divac being in the hole, and he thinks, well, gee, if Vladi's in the hole, I'm automatically in the hole. If Demarcus is in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, they ought to burn the damn Hall of Fame down to the ground. They really should. I mean, if Demar, no, I mean that. If Demarcus gets into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Then that to me the Hall of Fame has absolutely zero credibility as an organization and what it stands for. It just would be it would be shameful to have him in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And Paul Westfall, rest his soul, and the others that have gone in before him that have, uh, and George Carl is going to be another one. Trust me, they know they would say the same thing that I. Paul Westfall, I've had many conversations with him. Unfortunately, before he passed on this, and I mean I told you the story in China. When he told me that he had, he's the most disrespect. He had never been so disrespected by anyone in his entire professional career. That's saying something. 
Yeah, sure is. Yep. Sad to hear. Well, thanks, Grant. Have a good weekend. Hey, Eli, you have a good weekend, too. Always good good having you on. And again, you sound like you're sitting right next to me, and I don't know why I can't get the others coming on, Lewis and Brian. Um, you might want to have to just check your devices, but we heard Jeff very well. We heard Eli very well. And, you know, I know it's going to make it so you Grant hates the markers. You know, I don't hate the guy. I've never hated the guy, even today. You know, I don't I don't hate DeMarcus Cousins. I just do not respect DeMarcus Cousins. I have no respect for the man. I have zero respect for him. I don't hate him. I mean, that's I don't even come close to hating him. I don't even root for him to fail. I just don't. I'm not really that type of a person. I just have zero respect for him. It has. It, it, it's not like, gee, I hate the guy. No, I don't hate the guy. All right? I don't. I just do not respect him at all. And he's a and and he he was a bully for so many years when he was in Sacramento. And I'm just I was I just it was awful. And again, it's respect. It's not about hate. I don't hate the man. I don't wish him to fail. Okay? I don't wish him to succeed if that makes sense, but I don't wish him to fail. I really don't. And I, and I would say this. I actually felt bad for him when he was with New Orleans and he ruptured his Achilles. I felt bad for the guy. I really did. I didn't even know what happened. I was in a, we were in Miami getting ready to play the heat and, or I was in Miami. I can't remember what it was, but I'll never forget my son saying, did you see what happened to DeMarcus? And I'm like, no, what? And he goes, he ruptured his Achilles. We're pretty, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, and I felt awful. I really did. I felt awful. I don't like to see anybody get hurt. I really don't. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's not about, gee, I hate DeMarcus. I don't hate the guy. I just have no respect for him. I have no respect for the man. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls with Jay. Jay, how are you today? Excellent, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more with your your takes and opinions on on DeMarcus. You know, it's 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 one of those things that just ultimately at the end of the day is so sad. You know, the the he could he what he could have been except for himself. You know, I mean, in injuries aside, you know, professional athletes, well, all of us, and you know, there's two things that we have control over every single day that can make that can make us better, and that's our attitude and that's our effort. And um, I'm not saying Demarcus didn't put the effort in, but certainly that the, the he had he had 100% control over his attitude, and um, you know where he's at professionally is 100% you know on his back 
from his attitude. I, I suspect he's put he's put the effort in because he's been given some opportunities because he does have the talent. But um, yeah, it's, it's a it's sad when you well, see that kind of talent wasted. And here's what's sad: he always blames everyone else, and it's never his fault. He never takes ownership of this. You know, just like his comments to Mark Spears about his time in Sacramento with all the different coaches and everything. He's largely responsible for the Kings having so many different coaches during that era. And as far as effort. He always put in effort offensively, but how many times did we criticize him for jogging back on defense, not hustling on defense, you know, not even running back in transition? And, you know, we saw that for really his entire tenure in Sacramento. So his effort on offense was never questioned, but we questioned his effort on defense quite often when he played here in Sacramento. And that was true when he left Sacramento as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Two, two variables that, you know, can that absolutely can be controlled. And, you know, you see guys like um, Isaiah Thomas, who's who puts his effort into to everything and has a good attitude. Um, Night and day. Yep. Right. You know, and and and, and we, we, we could sit here and list a bunch of players that are like that. And then we could probably add a bunch of to the list that are DeMarcus's in DeMarcus's category. Maybe their attitude isn't quite as bad, but they were their own worst enemies and they had all this, and they had all this talent to, and, and it, you know, went to waste. And, and, and that's, 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 that's the sad part. You know, I'm, I don't feel bad for DeMarcus anymore because I feel like he, he's at where he's at because he, he did it to himself. And so now he gets what he gets, but um, you know, I to totally agree. Hey, different subject. I think you've been doing you've been doing some flying lately. What, what did you find if the find uh, they were allowing you to fly maskless? Have, have you flown since that whole? Thing? Yeah, I was. I actually flew yesterday from Miami to Denver, and then Denver to Sacramento, and no masks required at the airports. Many of the gate agents were not wearing masks. I would say both flights were completely full. Every seat was taken. I was on Southwest. And I would say 95% of the passengers on the plane were not wearing masks. And then you have the stupidity. I was sitting from Denver to Sacramento. We, had, we're, we were on the ground once we boarded the plane for 45 minutes. Then we flew two hours and 15 minutes. And then when we landed, the gate was not available. And we had to wait on the ground 20 more minutes. So we were on the plane over three hours. So there was a lady sitting against the window. And then a guy comes and he takes the middle seat and they literally talked the entire flight. When he sat down, I looked over, she had a double mask on. She had two masks on. Okay. <laughs> now, listen, I'm not making this up. She takes her masks off to talk to him and they literally talked the entire flight. Had I not had my Bose headsets, I would have been driven out of my freaking mind. I had, but so she, she has her mask off the entire flight, we, we land, we're getting ready to get off the plane. I look over, she's sitting down and she's got both her masks on again. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, you just can't make this stuff up. You just, yeah. you know, you really can't. But, but the majority of people in the airport and the majority of the people on my two flights were maskless. Uh, well, so I, that's, I'm, I'm, that's what that's I can great. tell you. That's a funny story. I'm, and I'm glad to hear that. I'm, I'm doing some traveling tomorrow. We're, we're hoping that's, that was, that's been the case. It's that's, yep. that's what it sounds like. So, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be, I'll be catching your uh, shows either live in Hawaii or on, on your podcast, but, um, uh, look forward to it. Keep up the great work. Love hearing you on some of these other, um, uh, platforms and, and, um, uh, podcasts that you're doing. It's, it's all, Thank it's you. all great stuff. 
All right, have, have a, a safe flight. Have a great time. I uh, really appreciate it. Be well over there. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye. All right, you too. Doesn't suck. Going to Hawaii. Yeah. Good for him. That's great. All right, let's get to Jerry. Jerry, you're next here on Listen App. Hi, Jerry. How are you on this Friday? I'm fine, Grant. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, buddy. Hey, Grant, you know what? Um, I, I, I listened to your podcast this morning about DeMarcus Cousins, and it was great. Um, you know, one thing, one thing I want to say, don't you think that ownership has a little bit of blame, that they can blame themselves the way that he acted? No. No, I can't blame ownership for the way he acted. No, uh, he acted the way he did because that's the way he is. And he acted that way in New Orleans. He acted that way in Golden State. He acted that way everywhere he's been. So no, I don't blame uh, ownership at all for the way he acted. Now, do I blame ownership for other things in his tenure in Sacramento, the mismanagement of the team? Uh, yes, now, if you're saying did the ownership cause some frustration for DeMarcus, I would say absolutely 100% yes. But he's 31 and he's still having these behavioral issues on teams that he's playing for. So no, I do not blame ownership for his behavior. I do blame ownership for their failure on a lot of issues that might be a domino effect for DeMarcus, but his particular behavior is on him, not anybody else. But Grant, don't you think if ownership would have had coaches and general managers back uh, this stuff, you know what, he was saying that he went through so many coaches, so many general managers, uh, just just, just a, just a little bit of having your back coaches and general managers that this would not have been the big problem that it was. Perhaps, perhaps it, it may have been, um, perhaps. I can tell you, I've talked to all the coaches that were here about this topic, and I'll leave Michael Malone out of it. You won't find any coach that would have told you any differently. None of the coaches, if they could go back in time, would want DeMarcus Cousins on their roster. Okay? They just wouldn't. And so that tells you a lot. Okay? None of the coaches would have wanted DeMarcus on their roster. And I, and I can't believe what you were saying this morning that uh, that he told Coach Paul Westfall, rest in peace, that, I mean, that's just, you know, that is so disrespectful. Seriously, Grant, I mean, wow. It was awful, but those comments were more of the norm rather than the exception, unfortunately. I didn't really realize it was that bad with the coaching until your, Terrible. your podcast this morning. But, I mean, Grant, it was, I mean, I mean, you wouldn't believe how we talk. You wouldn't believe how we talked to George Carl. I mean, no. this, I, I mean, I'm just telling you, like it was. I don't care whether you like somebody or not. The disrespect that he showed, and it's been well documented. It's not just me saying this. I mean, it's you know, it's all out there. It's everything has been published and written on this. It's it's just the 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 level of disrespect for elder his elders and people that he doesn't care about is just beyond it's beyond um I, I can't even i can't even begin to tell you i mean it's just awful terrible grant there's this one thing on youtube uh when you and jerry were calling the game and uh and demarcus cousins he said this and you know i don't like to curse but he said it's the same fucking play i mean and then yep. you said oh yep. boy that's not good 
I mean, what happened with that? That was at Washington. Uh, when he was on the foul line, he was yelling uh, at his teammates, and it came through the microphone. Oh, and I remember that vividly. But those type of things actually happened all the time. I didn't really comment on them. But in that particular instance, I commented on it because it came through the the well came through your audio on your TV right. as if you, he was sitting next to you. So right. I had to comment on that. There, are, listen, it's been documented. I'm not I'm not saying anything that hasn't already been told before. I mean, there were many, 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 many outbursts with uh, vulgarity towards fans and everything that did come through on the TV. On many instances, he was fined and suspended by the league. On many instances for his profanity towards the fans. I mean, you know, again, I'm not making this up. It's all been documented. It's all been there. The NBA, uh, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, you didn't read about it in the Sacramento Bee a lot because Jason right. Jones, who covered the Kings back then, was afraid of him. I mean, I used to talk to Jason Jones about oh, this. Okay. I'm like, you're going to put that in the paper? He goes, he goes, hell no. He goes, if I, if I, if I put that in the paper, he'll never talk to me again. And I, I have a job to do. He goes, he's the star of the team. I can't. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So you're going to be the beat reporter and you're going to be selective about what you write about. And seriously, that's the way it was. It was just, it was awful. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you're so, you wow. know, we would talk about, he would go, did you hear what DeMarcus said to that fan last night? Or, and I'm like, no. And he goes, he said this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wow. And I go, are you going to put that in the paper? He goes, no. I'm like, why not? He goes, because why? I need to talk to him. If he's not going to talk to me, if he's going to blow me off, then I won't be able to cover the team. And I'm like, okay. Wow. You know, but that's the truth. It's the truth. And Grant, one more thing. Uh, there was uh, there was a game. Um, I think the game ended, and he went to your guys' table, and yep. he banged the table. What did he What did he say to you right there? It wasn't It wasn't uh, anything bad. It was something like, uh, how did you like that? Or you know, something like that or whatever, you know, and Jeez. I'll never forget the reaction that Jerry gave me. As soon as he walked away, Jerry looked at me and rolled his eyes like, are you kidding me? Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't he came over and slapped will, the table. I don't think this man will ever grow up, Grant. I mean, I mean, he, uh, you know, what people would die for what this man has. I mean, I mean, you're playing in the NBA. I mean, show some respect. Seriously. Hey, Sean Elliott, Sean Elliott. I've talked to Sean Elliott about this. Sean Elliott was stunned, stunned when DeMarcus came out of the locker room after the game in Sacramento and stood next to Sean Elliott, waiting for him to get off the air and then completely unloaded on him. Okay. And he was suspended by the NBA for that. And I'll, I'll never forget Sean, you know, when I saw him a couple of weeks later in San Antonio. And he talked to me about what that felt like. Again, he used the word, I've never been so disrespected in my life. I'm like, I, there's just no reason for disrespect. There just isn't. If you want to be upset at someone, be upset at someone, okay? If you want to talk to somebody because you disagree with what they said about you, then talk to them. But to act the way he acts with people that he does not agree with or that he feels has been critical of him is unprofessional and disrespectful. And that's not debatable. That's not even debatable. That's not something that we could have a round table with a hundred people and debate whether that's acceptable or not. It's not, right. it's wrong, it's unprofessional and it's disrespectful, period. I mean, Sean Elliott is announcing a game, okay? Sean Elliott is doing his job. If you don't like what Sean Elliott has to say, 
you have a couple of options. You could go out and talk to him and say, hey, why did you say this? And then you could get into an argument or a discussion, but it could be, you know, a man to man, or you could call up the Spurs uh, media relations people and go, hey, you know, you, there are things you could do better than what he did. You know, I mean, but to 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 verbally assault the man, Sean right. freaking Elliott, you're verbally assaulting him the second he gets off TV after a game, you come out of the locker room. Who the hell does that? Seriously. Yeah, Grant, that's not right. Grant, my my father always taught me, rest in peace, Dad. He always taught me, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Bottom exactly. Line. It has to be it, respect. It, it has to be. Well, you said it very well. Thank you, Grant, Jerry. Have a great Grant, weekend. Love the yeah. show. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. And again, does he have some good qualities? Yes, he has some good qualities. Yes, he does. All right? I believe the guy is bipolar. Now, I'm not making that as a medical diagnosis. I'm just using that as a illustration over the radio. I think he's got two personalities. And I've been around him a number of times where I would was extremely complimentary of him and his uh, the way he's treated people and everything. But Man, if, he, if you say something that he doesn't like, I mean, the intimidation with the media, I mean, you, we all saw it, I mean, all the time, all the time. We saw it on a fairly regular basis, the, what he, the way he would handle the media in Sacramento. It's awful. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on listen app and it's al hey al how are you today uh, Nate, uh, happy weekend buddy here we're here we made it you got any plans can we hit the are you doing any golfing down there in florida or? yeah yeah well i'm in sacramento right now uh, i'm playing golf with my two boys tomorrow so i'm looking forward to that i'm both me and my sons are going to get out there and hit the little white ball around and um you know we'll see we'll see if i play anymore i'll play a few times for sure i haven't played in six months so i'm looking forward to it what brings you to SAC? How long are you going to be in town? Uh, I've got some legal things that I'm doing. Uh, I've right. got, got wanted to see my two boys and right. uh, my friends, but mostly, you know, to see my my two sons uh, that are in the area that I miss. And so, um, you know, yeah. I come back periodically to spend time with them. Now, your one son, you were saying he worked for the Kings. Yeah, yeah, he has worked for the Kings for a number of years. He loves it. Uh, he has, uh, matter of fact, I just had lunch with him today and. He, he loves it. He loves what he does. Uh, he works as one of the locker room attendants and has done that for a number of years and does a great job. They love the work that he does and the players like him. Uh, he's he's done very well. I'm very proud of him. I really am. He does a phenomenal job. Well, that's great. And your other son, I never did congratulate you. I know you mentioned this when you're on the on your YouTube. You put a little post. He got the show the gig where he got the the uh, local yeah. news. Uh, yeah, news he's, uh, he's at, yeah, he's at Channel 12 in Chico, and uh, he's doing well. So, yeah, all yeah. Knock, knock on wood, everything's going good. Is he is he is he like the general news or is he kind of like dad and maybe want to get more sports? But he hey, you go with what you can get. What's his eventual? Uh, he want I think he would like sports? to branch out into sports, but right now it's news. Mm -hmm. And he has uh, he he hosts the uh, Friday Night Lights uh, show right. during the high school football season. He's the co-host on that, and then he fills in when the sports director is off on the news doing the sports. But you know, like right now, he's the news producer. Uh, he produces the news, but he does on-air stuff too. So we'll see. You know, he's just, he's doing very well. I'm very proud of him. 
You know what I'd like to, like to hear on a future podcast? You may think I'm crazy, and if I am, just, you know what, I'd like you to have your brother on. Because for me, you know, you got your, your lawsuit on. You've spoken in depth from your heart about your growing up with Bird and, and your family relationship and your, and your upbringing and your brother and how he, he went on. And, you know, just speaking to your, you know, your family, I would like to have, what do you think? You think your brother would even want to come on yeah. or I'd like to yeah, hear he it. Come on. Yeah. He would come on if I asked him. All right. You know what? I'll, I'll put that out there. If other people would like to hear me interview my brother, uh, sure. I'd be happy to. Absolutely. I would like it because, you know, you've spoken from your heart about, you know, we talked about, you know, our parent dads taking us to the games and scraping up the money, Bert, uh, yeah. coming up. And just to, just to, from your perspective now with this lawsuit you got going and how you were raised, yeah. and, sure. you know, it's open. I, I think it would be great. And just real quick, Cousins, man, it, it's the same shit, different stink, man. Yep. You know, this guy, yep. this, you know, it's just – and what he did to Sean Elliott and Paul, you know, I mean, you know – you just you just can't can't wrap your brain around it. It's just uh, insane. No, you can't. And I also I want to say I used to love Greg Norman as a golfer. My first hero for golfing was Lee Trevino, the right. Mary Max, you know. And then I and then I liked uh, Greg Norman. I got to tell you, Nate, I never seen a guy have such bad luck. I know. And I know. How about the Bob Tway uh, <laughs> a wedge like the from the, the playoff? <laughs> oh, you know, and I love the shark. I mean, I, I kind of like guys who are a little colorful. Uh-huh. Maybe they're not the, the best guy in, in a sport, but, you know, they're, they're colorful. They give back to the fans. They're kind of like like Trevino was always uh, joking around, whereas Nicholas was like a dang. He's like Bjorn Borg. Those guys, all they do is win. But, man, they just, you know. But I, I love Greg Norman. But, man, Bob Tway holds off from like 150. Yeah. And there was one other major that he had a. A, a crazy uh, shot that that beat him. I can't remember which one it was. You remember? Uh, I think it was it was a bunker shot on Sunday at the Masters too. Uh, there were a couple. Oh. Yeah, he had he had really bad luck. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, he he really did. I'm gonna watch that thirty for thirty, man, because I love Norman love and, I, and I and I want to ask you: Is there any possibility we can see down in the valley anywhere? No. It, it, no. None. Nope. It's in the bolt. Nope. You said that. You, and I'm just really, really disappointed about that. I'm just completely disappointed. I'm well, I'll just say, uh, you know, enjoy your weekend with the boys. And uh, thank you. Is Star still out there and back in Florida? Did she come out too? No, she's out in California right now. Yep. All right. Yeah, All she right, must be loving the Florida life, man. Because I can just see her being, like, she loves the exercise. She's a physical fitness guru so yeah you have a great weekend man take care always good talking to you and listening to take you care. and you uh well. go warriors be good. take care buddy great hearing from you as well really enjoy the conversation with you okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's move along here and uh, get to Ryan. Ryan? Are you with me, Ryan? There you are. Hey, Ryan, how are What's you? What's up, Napes? Good, doing good. How you doing, man? I'm good. Hey, welcome back to the 916 for a few days. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, if uh, you're going to hit up some more lunch, I've seen you a few times at Camden Spit and Larder, so don't forget yeah. to hit them up. I, I, I will see if I can get down there. Yeah, I like that place. It's very good. <laughs> Very good. Hey, um, first off, thanks again uh, for your time earlier this week. But um, my pleasure. I, I just wanted, yeah, I, I wanted to ask, you know, really with the Demarcus situation. I mean, one, he has the worst stink face in the NBA. It's like it, Pavlov's dogs. If a whistle blows, his face is scrunched up, whether it's against him or somebody else. You know, how did the organization? And I know the on-floor talent is very good or was at times but you know how did that not get vetted out during the draft process with you know his team around him oh it did there was red flags coming out of the draft i was doing my show back then with mike lamb and i'll never forget this uh the day before the draft he we we were talking about demarcus's red flags and he said i'm telling you right now i would not draft him and uh, he was very adamant about it he said i would not draft him he has too many red flags i would stay away from him he did. He he did have. He did. He absolutely did. But his talent, his talent was the reason why the Kings drafted him. And as it turned out, talent-wise, you know, they 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 took the right guy. But talent is not what is going to get it done if you don't have the rest of the tools in the toolbox. Talent is great, but if you don't have the other characteristics, if you don't have the other intangibles, if you don't have the right mind to go with your talent it really doesn't matter we've seen a lot of talented talented athletes fail because of other things you know i mean we see it all the time in sports it's just it's a reality yeah but where's that balance grant i mean would you say you put talent at 60 percent and you put personality at 40 i mean you know like that's got to be one of the most difficult things for sports franchises I would say this. I'll never forget Doc Rivers. We were at an NBA meeting, the NBA broadcasters, probably 10 years ago. And Doc Rivers spoke to us about locker rooms and about talent and about what it takes to win. And he made a great point. It doesn't matter how talented you are. If you are destructive in the locker room, if you're not able to galvanize your teammates, If you're not able to be a team player, it doesn't matter how talented you are, you will never win and you will never be successful. And Doc is 100% correct. And I'll never forget him. I I will never forget. That was about 10 years ago. And he was so freaking spot on with that. Uh, It was one of the great speeches that I've ever heard in basketball. He was absolutely spot on. And he said, he even said, he goes, I don't care. He even said, he goes, as a coach, if you're super talented, 
but you don't have the other intangibles and you're a destructive force in the locker room, I don't want you anywhere near my basketball team. It's exactly what he said. That's an amazing story, but it's really funny because you mentioned earlier, DeMarcus was great in the community here, but in terms of being around the team and, you know, being on the court, he was just not a leader. And, you know, I, I can remember, and you sat courtside, he would yell at fans, curse at fans, you know, and we were in a point right. where we needed a leader in the locker room. That's correct. And, and I would also it, it add, just, yeah, and I'm going to add one other thing. And I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I think the Kings went out of their way to promote his good things off the court because he was so bad for the franchise on the court. And I really felt, and I know this to be a fact because I've talked to other players, there were other players in that locker room that also did a lot of things in the community, and no one ever talked about them. They went unnoticed. They went uncovered because the team was doing everything in their power to promote the good side of DeMarcus because he was continually getting suspended and fined by the league and was such a problem. And so they absolutely went out of their way to treat him differently for his charitable endeavors than some other players on the team. Now, it's not to say he did not do good things off the court. He did. And I've acknowledged that many, many times. I actually, okay, and I, I had some people couldn't believe I did it, including the people down at the Jim Rome show. I was doing the Jim Rome show one day in the summertime, and DeMarcus had had a town hall meeting in his hometown in Alabama with the police department. It was a town hall meeting. It was an open dialogue with the police and the community, an open town hall meeting. And I went on the Jim Rome show and I said, and I'm paraphrasing, I said, listen, I've had some run-ins with DeMarcus. I said, but this is the way you go about doing it. You want to make a difference in your community, do what DeMarcus is doing. He went to his hometown. He arranged to have a town hall meeting with the police department and members of the community. He didn't do it for exposure. He didn't do it because he wanted the TV stations to cover it. He did it because it was important to him. And I went on national radio and TV and talked about that in a very positive way. So I'm not afraid to compliment him. I'm not afraid to point out his good characteristics because he does have some. Okay, he does. And I've acknowledged that. Unfortunately, he's paid to play basketball and his basketball antics and his behavior has prevented him from obtaining greatness in the NBA. And that is unfortunate. Well, hey, you're completely right. And I so respect you doing that, especially with everything that's happened, even during those times. Because, you know, you were very critical of him and as you should have been. Like, at least somebody would actually call him out. Jason Jones was just a yes guy. But I will tell you, the one night that made me realize he was not the max franchise, you know, contract guy for us was the first night back at Arco when, you know, they had all the, you know, Vivek came out and DeMarcus was the one that did the speech on behalf of the team. And it's like, all right, thank you for the, uh, you know, new era. Welcome to the new era, Sacramento basketball. And it just felt so inspired yet on the court, he had one of the best games I can remember in my life, I was in the building. Like, it, it was crazy. So it, it just, it, I don't understand the disconnect between the personal and the play. 
I appreciate it. It's good hearing from you, Ryan. Thank you very much. Really appreciate All it. Right, Have bro. a good weekend. Yep. Thanks, now, I would Grant. say this about you know speaking with a microphone in front of a lot of people is nerve wracking. I mean, I broadcast my whole life. I'm when I broadcast a basketball game, I have no idea how many people are watching. When I'm on my radio show for 26 years or on Jim Rome, you have no idea of the magnitude of the people that are listening. If I had to do that with the audience looking at me as I'm standing on the floor, it would be different. So I don't really fault to Marcus for that. I mean, not everyone's good at public speaking. It can be intimidating. You got bright lights on you. You got all these people. So that doesn't, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying, Ryan, but uh, it's just unfortunate. He could have been, he could have been the greatest player that the Sacramento Kings have ever had. He could have had his Jersey hanging up in the rafters. He could have had amazing success here and in his career, but he would not allow himself to have the success. He's his own worst enemy. And it's unfortunate because the guy had a lot of talent, a lot of talent. And um, he had, he would sometimes take your breath away with his talent. I mean, he was a special, special talent, but he never got the most out of his talent because he wouldn't allow himself to. He just, just couldn't. His personality did not lend itself and does not lend itself to being a successful basketball player, you know, as a team basketball player, just doesn't. I mean, there's a reason why the Pelicans didn't try to get him back when he became available after Golden State. There's a reason why Golden State, after they went to the NBA Finals, did not want him back. There's a reason why the Lakers did not want him back. There's a reason why the Houston Rockets did not want him back. There's a reason why he was released by the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay? I mean, these are not accidents. There are reasons behind this. Teams generally do not release very good, talented players that help you win. That's not how you win in professional sports. You don't win in professional sports by releasing players that help you win. I've never experienced that. And so I thought, again, I thought Joe Davidson's story in the Sacramento Bee was spot on. I thought it was absolutely 100% spot on. And again, he pointed out the positives and they were positives, but he was paid as a basketball player. And I believe when you look back at everything, I don't recall in my 32 years of a more destructive player towards the concept of winning team cohesiveness than him in my 32 years. I can't think of another player that I would put above him for destructiveness. I, I, I just can't think of one. I really can't. All right. Hey, I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, Monday, we'll be back with you. I'll probably do it a little bit later. I've got an all day thing I got to do on Monday, but I'll definitely 100% have a show. So for right now, I'm going to say four o'clock Pacific on Monday. That could change. Just follow me like you do. 
and I'll put it out on social media and you'll be able to follow me. All right. So you take care. Enjoy your weekend. Great having you on board here on Listen Up. So long, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.